Hello, I'm Paulette Lee, and you're listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. If you're over 60, you're still worthy of being heard. I've always struggled with my weight, and the older I get, the harder it is to lose. Now, I know plenty of women my age, I'm 75, who are very physically active or who have gone on a great diet and lost many pounds or who are fortunate to have a different metabolism from mine. But the truth is, I'm also very lazy about dieting and exercise. I can't seem to stick with a regimen, and I've tried a ton of them, whether it be food or exercise, long enough to affect any significant change. I don't eat badly, I don't eat junk food or drink sugar drinks, and I have half a glass of wine daily, if that much, and that's it. I've become gluten intolerant, so eat very few starches. I love fruits and vegetables, but I do like meat, so no vegetarian diet for me. I enjoy snacking here and there, and I get easily bored with exercising. I would try one of those lose 30 pounds in a week advertised products if I thought they A, wouldn't cost a fortune, or B, kill me. You know, I think I've pretty much come to the conclusion that at my age, I'd rather have the extra pounds than the frustration of obsessive weight watching. Frankly, I'd rather have the pleasure than the pain. However, this episode is not about how to lose weight. I don't want to lose any fit listeners. (laughs) It is, though, about some concepts of nutrition and eating that I've learned about in my exploration of, quote, healthy aging, unquote. Incidentally, did you know that in 2020, the World Health Organization designated that year as the first in the decade of healthy aging? So I guess we seniors really are becoming relevant probably because there are increasingly so many of us. Recently, I heard one nutritionist say, we're all going to die of something. (laughs) Well, at first that startled me and it made me laugh. And then I thought, well, that's true. We can't avoid all diseases, all accidents, all physiological mishaps, all viruses. But of course, the point is to stay healthy and live healthily for as long as possible. I get it, even if I don't completely follow it. That nutritionist is Dr. Arnetta Fletcher. She's the Nutrition Program Director in the School of Nursing at Shepherd University in West Virginia. She was formerly in private practice as a nutritionist. She worked for the Grocery Manufacturers of America, the National Health Institutes, uh, the National Institutes of Health, and the U.S. Department of Agriculture. So she outlined the pros and cons of so many of the dietary regimens or healthy eating plans we hear about. The keto diet, the Mediterranean diet, the DASH diet, that's dietary approaches to stop hypertension, the MIND diet for reducing sodium intake, diets for diabetics, diets for our intestines, diets to stave off dementia and improve memory, diets designed to change our psychology and emotional responses, and on and on. But what do we as older women really need in order to age healthily? The U.S. Department of Agriculture's website, or USDA, 
has um, a, nutri a nutrition section called My Plate, and it outlines how much of which of the five food groups we should eat as we age. It also offers, quote, unique needs for ages 60 plus, unquote, most of which we probably already know, but it, it wouldn't hurt to review. Enjoy a variety of foods from each food group to help reduce the risk of developing chronic diseases such as high blood pressure, diabetes, hypertension, and heart disease. Little to no added sugar, saturated fats, and sodium. Get enough protein throughout your day to maintain muscle mass. Focus on the nutrients you need, including potassium, calcium, vitamin D, dietary fiber, and vitamin B12. Stay hydrated. With age, we may lose some of our sense of thirst. Learn which beverages are healthier choices. Maintain a healthy weight or prevent additional weight gain by following a healthy dietary pattern, check, and adopting an active lifestyle, oh dear. If you prefer getting your information more visually, there's a nice little six and a half minute video the USDA has recently produced called Food for Thought, the Role of Nutrition in Healthy Aging. And Tufts University also has a nice My Plate graphic you can print out. I'll post the links to both these sites on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. Another important consideration is to avoid unnecessary illness by keeping food safe. Foodsafety.gov is actually a pretty nifty site. Do people still say nifty? In addition to the how-tos you'd expect, it provides current information on food recalls and public health alerts. And it also explains why we're more at risk. Quote, Adults age 65 and older are more likely to be hospitalized or die from foodborne illness. This increased risk of foodborne illness is because organs and body systems go through changes as people age. The body's immune response to disease grows weaker. The gastrointestinal tract holds onto food for a longer period of time, allowing bacteria to grow. The liver and kidneys may not properly rid the body of foreign bacteria and toxins. The stomach may not produce enough acid. The acidity helps to reduce the number of bacteria in our intestinal tract. Underlying chronic conditions such as diabetes and cancer may also increase a person's risk of foodborne illness." Unquote. So this isn't rocket science, right? I mean, we all know we should eat plenty of fruits and leafy green vegetables, whole grains, protein, that includes seafood, lean meats and poultry, eggs, legumes, which are uh, beans and peas, nuts, seeds, soy products, and low or non-fat dairy products. Plus, drink plenty of water, limit the amount of alcohol we drink, and substitute herbs and spices for salt and sugar. Our caloric intake should be between 1,600 and 2,000 calories a day to maintain our weight, and between 1,200 and 1,600 to lose weight, plus exercise, right? Me, who used to love to dance. Okay, so now that we have the whys and the whats, let's look at the hows. Dr. Fletcher, the nutritionist whom I mentioned earlier, 
advocates food first. She recommends that especially as we age, we take vitamin and other dietary supplements only when lab tests indicate the need when we are already eating healthily. In other words, food first. She also advocates for developing our own eating plan because for a plan to work, she says, and I agree, it has to be sustainable. Any starting steps, she says, will have an impact, such as substituting water for just one drink a day, which is what I'm doing right now. I usually have a cup of coffee with me. Another how, eat intuitively. Now you may have heard about this. It appears to be a trend that personally I hope will catch on because it suits me to a T. It's supposed to be about breaking down dieting cycles and reconnecting with the body's natural signals around food. And here are its principles according to the British Heart Foundation. One, reject the diet mentality. Stop dieting. It's not working for you and you are not alone in this. Two, recognize your hun hunger. Eat when your body tells you you're hungry and stop eating when you are full. Three, make peace with food. No foods are off limits. Allowing yourself to have the foods banned by restrictive diets removes any guilt you might feel about eating them. And when it's no longer forbidden, the food may not seem so appealing. I wonder if that applies to chocolate cake. <laughs> Just kidding, I hardly ever eat that. Eating what you actually want can mean you feel more satisfied with your meal. If you deny yourself, you might go on to have unhealthy snacks anyway. Learn how to eat healthily and enjoy it too. Four, challenge the food police. Be aware of and challenge internal negative thoughts that categorize foods as good or bad and lead to feelings of failure or guilt when you can't stick to a diet plan. Five, feel your fullness. Think before you eat. Tune into your hunger levels and only eat when you are hungry. Pause during the meal to think about how it tastes and how full you are. Stop eating when you are comfortably full, even if that means leaving food on the plate or saying no to dessert. Six, discover the satisfaction factor. Savor the experience of eating. Don't eat while you are in the car dashing to an appointment or distracted, whether it's by television, work, or something else. Hmm, I wonder if that applies to reading. Concentrate on your food while you are eating so you can appreciate and enjoy it. Seven, cope with your feelings without using food. When we're stressed, sad, bored, or lonely, we often use food to deal with our emotions. While it might offer a short-term fix, it doesn't resolve the problem. Find another way of dealing with the emotion, whether it's going for a walk or trying to fix the issues that are causing the negative emotions. Eight, respect your body. We are not all the same shape and size, so we need to let go of unrealistic expectations of body image. Accepting and respecting our body at every size will help us feel better and make choices about food and exercise that are logical rather than emotional. Exercise and feel the difference instead of exercising to burn calories. Focus on how it makes you feel. Choose something you enjoy, whether it's dancing, walking, running, gardening, or team games, rather than forcing yourself to do something you don't enjoy. Honor your health. 
Constant dieters can have an encyclopedic knowledge of the caloric, fat, and carbohydrate content of different foods, but they forget what they enjoy eating and what helps them feel full. Select meals and snacks that are nutritious, but also satisfying and tasty. Unquote. Now, here's something I found very interesting about intuitive eating. It's a report in the International Food Research Journal, Appetite, on a study done in the UK on 60 to 75-year-old women to see what physical and emotional effects intuitive eating might have on them since other studies have been done just on younger women. Sure enough, the report states, quote, Higher intuitive eating global scores were associated with lower restraint, lower eating concern, lower body concern, fewer depressive symptoms, and lower BMI, body mass index. An indirect relationship between BMI and intuitive eating via weight and shape concern emerged, suggesting that being preoccupied by one's appearance hinders the ability to practice intuitive eating. These results suggest that intuitive eating is associated with positive outcomes among older women and might be a useful target for interventions designed to increase healthy aging." Unquote. Well, I've talked about food and eating. What about the meals themselves? So you don't always have to cook a nutritionally correct dinner, dinner being our main meal in America, though in other countries and cultures it's the midday meal. A recent Washington Post article talked about fending for dinner, minimizing dishes and waste by assembling a plate of proteins and carbohydrates, fiber and vegetables, in an effort to form a full meal. It could be comprised of leftovers, but not necessarily. Maybe you fend too. Maybe you snack or have a loose charcuterie plate for dinner. Maybe you nosh or filch or graze or munch. <laughs> One New Yorker magazine writer put out a query as to what her followers called that kind of dining, and she received a myriad of responses. Some called them spa plates or having an eek a getcheroni, a goblin meal, rags and bottles, engage in an anarchy kitchen or a blackout bingo, go feral, go Darwin, oogle moogle, or serve a jungle dinner. Some call them if it's, as in, if it's in the fridge. Perhaps you scrounge for dinner because it's too much trouble to cook a whole meal or you are very sophisticated and want to employ the Japanese concept of motainai. I looked up the pronunciation. It's M-O-T-T-A-I-N-A-I, -A -A and that expresses a feeling of regret over wasting something of value. Sarah Thomas, an author and co-founder of the educational resource Kalamata's Kitchen, is quoted as saying she tries to adopt a chat mentality. In India, chat describes more than just a set of snacks. It's a way of life, selecting bits and pieces of practically every element to make something desirable. Sweet, sour, tangy, spicy, and crunchy. I'm all for that. 
a couple more resources if you're interested in incorporating more exercise and physical activity into your daily life. It doesn't have to be about joining a gym or hiring a personal trainer. The National Institute on Aging offers Go For Life, that's capital G-O, the numeral for capital L-I-F-E. Uh, that's at G-O-4-L-I-F-E dot N-I-A dot N-I-H dot G-O-V. I will put it in the, uh, on the Facebook page. And yes, I did visit the site. If you'd like a more unconventional, indeed iconoclastic approach to nutrition, uh, I invite you to read the Washington Post food columnist Tamar Haspel. She's a hoot. Does anybody say hoot anymore? All right, I am off now to graze intuitively. And yes, I will get some exercise. I'll take the long route to the fridge. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a great week. You have been listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. I'm Paulette Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time. <laughs>